I mean, it's pretty good, but, you know, my weekend kind of ruined everything good that happened Friday because my Saturday was not so good. You all looking at me weird. You act like I just killed the vibe or something. I don't know, does anybody have bad mornings when their coffee's not made right? So, so I have this problem. I, I got up. I brewed my coffee, Lisa. It's number one to me. It's, it's, I hate to say it, but it's up there with Jesus, but it's not Jesus. It's Jesus coffee. Then my wife and kid, no, just kidding. I get up. I get the coffee brewed with my ninja machine, and um, Kaylee says, hey, Dad. And I'm like, why are you talking to me, child? Act like I'm your dad or something. And uh, Wham all over the counter, all over the floor. You know, it's one of those spills where it was piping hot, brand new, had a little bit of coconut oil in it, so now it's nice and slippery. And it went in every drawer, down every cabinet, into the vent, onto the floor, on and on and on. So I'm like, okay, okay, it's, it's not the end of the world. I can brew another cup, okay? It's happened before, so I'll make another pot. About 30 minutes later, Kaylee wants me to measure how tall she is because she thinks she grows an inch every week. And so, and Chloe too, who is growing an inch every week. Girl, she's five, one and a half. She's 11. Come on, somebody. Is that, is, that's, that's tall, right? Slow it down, Chloe, like you can control it. No, she's beautiful. So, so I'm getting out the tape, and it's a big fat tape, okay? What do I do? Bam, I drop it on the birch wood, which is the worst wood to get for your kitchen floor because it's soft. Put a big old dent in the floor, and Kayla goes, you dented the floor, Dad. Like, thanks, Kales, for telling me. Because I already got your mom telling me about the other 20 I did the last nine years. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get over this. It's all good. I'm a happy, I'm a happy man. So remember, I brewed that cup. I brewed that new coffee, Cody. It's going to make up for it. So I've still yet to ingest the first cup. So I go up. I'm, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to see my little peacemaker, Camilla. I'm going to go up there with the kids, and I got the new cup. And you know it's smart to get on the couch with the cup of popping hot, piping hot coffee, said no one ever. So I got the new cup, Jen. It hasn't been touched yet, and it is hot like fire. Okay? So I'm sitting on the couch. I got the cup sitting weird. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, Rusty. But before I knew it, I was pulling out the little, the little 12-year-old PJ Michael Jackson. Whoo! Like, I jumped because that thing went, uh, can we say down there? I'm not talking about Hades. Uh, but it was hot as Hades. Uh, the entire cup, whoo, into the sweatpants, absorbed. And it was uh, hot like fire. And uh, I know this is weird, but I'm telling you, I had to jump to my feet and drop everything to be free. Yes, and Colton goes, Dad, ew. I say, you think it's bad now? You just wait 20 years. It'll be good right now. So you just take it while you can get it, son. It was, I was on fire. I said, Michelle, she's like, the couch. I said, Michelle, it's first degree burns here. I'm dying. So by that point, okay, I'm starting to think, I don't know if Jesus loves me. I don't know if it's that good. I mean, having the baby was good and all, but I spilt my coffee twice. I got a little bitter. Y'all tracking with me? At first, it was just like a condition, but now it's starting to become the routine. I got a little bitter. I'm okay, by the way, today. I was in a little bit of pain, 
for a couple hours, but I'm good. Thank the Lord. Last week we talked about jealousy. We're in this four-week series of um, love is greater than that thing. And last week was jealousy. And this week we're going to talk about an extension of what happens triggered by things like jealousy, but perhaps is even harder to extrapolate. Everybody say extrapolate. It's your big word for the day. From our lives because it's so deeply rooted in bitterness. Bitterness. There are levels to bitterness. There are levels to it. The first cup, level, the first cup level was moderate. The tape measure level was a little more severe. The third cup level was legit bitterness. It'll turn you into someone else. And just like the first degree burn of the coffee all up in your lap wrecking your day, there is like this ew, bitter moment we can get. Has anybody ever had like an aspirin that dissolved too quick in their mouth? Like that kind of bitter? Like you can't rinse it out? Does anybody have, nobody has aspirin? Okay, Jake. Okay, Zach. So like, like, like there's a level to this bitterness or like a badly brewed espresso shot. It's not good. It's bitter. Ew. Dump it. It's not tolerable type of bitter. Does anybody know someone bitter that reminds them of the aspirin? Is anybody the aspirin? Y'all awake in here? Okay. It's the lights. I just see heads. But there's levels to bitterness, and it's another thing we're going to talk about today. Like aspirin. It dissolves in your mouth so quickly, and you're going to run to the sink before you might die. Is anyone operating at one of those levels today that we're talking about? Is anybody first cup of coffee today? Is anybody tape measure? Is anybody third cup? I can say it because I've lived that life yesterday. Do you want to stay bitter or get better? Come on, somebody. It looks good on Sunday, but what do we do on Monday? We go right back to it. Right back to it. And sometimes we don't even know it. Let's look at Hebrews real quick. What the author says, chapter 12, verse 14 through 15. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root, everybody say no bitter root, grows up to cause trouble and defile many. I don't know if you caught that. He said don't have a bitter root because it will cause trouble and defile, not just you, many. My title today is Love is Greater Than Bitterness. Last week is Love was Greater Than Jealousy. Do we want to stay bitter or get better? I'll tell you what I'm really bitter at, and that's not coffee. That's the stinking autotype on my phone. Does anybody else autotype? Who was it, Nate? Who was it that said they never autotyped a couple days ago? I said, you're missing the thing. So, so because of anybody get tired of correcting their text messages, the typing errors, like over and over, I can't even type the name Michelle right. It suggests 20 other things except Michelle, two L's. So I know I'm going to switch to auto type where you voice type it. You know, it's great for, I would never do this in the car, but if you had to, they say it's safer. Until they make the software update that continues to suggest every word except the one you want. And so now you are illiterate in your text typing and you're illiterate in your voice typing. 
I'm bitter about this. Has anybody had this update? I know all you iPhone users don't have problems like this. I'm an Android, and Google wrecked it for me. It, you know, it evaluates your voice in cycles, and after a while, it knows it perfectly. And I had it dialed in, Vincent, and finally, it says we're going to update, and now I don't know anything you say, Jeffy. Okay? So I'm actually bitter about this, and if you're not careful, no, Lonnie can vouch for this. I say, sorry, I didn't mean to text that. I didn't mean to say that. Like, I have to constantly, and, and Vincent, and Nate, I, I said, I said, did y'all catch that asterisk? Here's all my typo corrections with 20 asterisks on the team lead texts. I'm bitter in those moments. I'm bitter. And it changes how I act around people. It lingers for a while. Um, you know, sour is like for a moment, but bitter is, stays that way. It's like, the, it's like a, a sour taste in your mouth that won't go away, that becomes bitter. It just, it's like that aspirin. It just won't go away. It's like a scar that can't be seen. It just stays there. And before we become bitter, it starts by getting sour. A little one-off comment there. A little one-off judgment there. Ah, it's a little little adjective before the noun, here and there. That phone, that, that lovely Android, that's the adjective I was thinking of. Like, it's so good. And before you know it, you're, you're slandering your phone. You're blaming the phone, robots. Did you know if there's no inter- internet connection, it can't interpret your voice because it has to send it out to translate it? Try it. I dare you. That's a geek moment for you. Kill your internet and try to voice type. It won't work. I'm mad at the internet when it's out because it can't translate my text. It happens through repetition of watering your soil with sour things. Builds bitterness. And then what do we do? We justify why it's okay to be bitter. Do we want to be bitter or get better? Do we want to look the part or really be what Hebrews said here? Every effort to live in peace with everyone. Be holy. Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord, the Bible says. We justify it. There's people, you ever been around this person? Maybe, you're, maybe it's me. Maybe I did to you. And you, you hear it. And Mike's, actually, Mike's not here today. Mike Sebastian's really good at this. When he hears that bitterness come from someone, he immediately changes the subject. It's instinct at this point. And I used to think he just didn't like what I had to say. And then I realized, because I was so negative on Sunday morning. No, I'm kidding. Uh, because he, he would change the subject, anything that took his mind to a place he didn't want to go. And I thought that was good because, because it's the repetition of doing the opposite that creates the sour thing into the long-lasting bitter thing that then you can't get out of your garden. And then guess what? People see it more than maybe you do when you go around them. It kind of comes out of us. It says, it says, don't let that bitter root grow up to cause trouble and defile many. That's what that means is as it, as it grows in you, it's starting to affect those around you. It's not a good thing. We justify it with a reason or excuse. But who is it hurting? Others. And so I don't know about you all, but there's techniques to avoiding people like this. There's techniques to addressing it in your own life. And that's through uh, ignoring it. Avoidance. 
I used to avoid any type of conflict with people because I didn't want to deal with it. I thought I could just be numb to it. But numbing to something doesn't cure the issue. It just prevents it for a little while. You have to address it. And sometimes, like I said, that bitter person will not uh, hear, hear you. They won't, they won't stop bringing in the bitterness. So eventually you've got to just leave. Go somewhere else for a bit. Change your scenery. I'm not saying leave them. But show them something different that you really don't want that part of your life. I'm not having that again today. I'm not allowing that to start my day every day again like that. I'm tired of that bitterness pattern. But we treat prevention like it's a cure, and then we wonder why we don't get better because we're not really addressing anything. We're ignoring it. Or we, we use distraction. That's a good one. When I'm stressed out, I just use distraction. I don't ever deal with this, the gray hair stress. I just avoid uh, thinking about it, but it's still there. That's prevention. And so it's hard to find healing in something you never address. You can just keep putting it off, and 10 more years go by. We've talked about that. But if there's, if there's someone bitter in your life, or if, you, if, you're, if you're feeling a certain way each, each week, and you're seeing that it's ugly, and you're not planting good seed, maybe it's time to address the soil. You know? When we started the church, I got bitter. Every Christian friend we had quit speaking to us. Everyone. Vincent hadn't entered the picture yet. This a little side note. Um, Vincent's family's been around since I was in my mother's womb. But Vincent was my brother's age, so I didn't, like, hang out with Vincent until that one time my band was looking to play some churches in St. Louis, and this guy named Vincent Dawson responded to an email. I'm like, is that Vincent Dawson from New Life? And uh, he's like, hey, we're having friends today at New Life. He was so chipper. He was loud like his clothes, Amanda, over email. I'm like, this guy's crazy. Look at us today. But this was before that. This was all our church friends that loved us. They just, we don't know you. You know the scripture about all the wise guys walking by the, the poor? And they said, Lord, we treated you good. We've done everything you asked. He says, but when you did it to these, you did it to me, my brothers. Now, I don't know about you, but the Bible I learned says you're supposed to love people. And so I can tell you I carried this bitterness around for the first couple years of the church. It actually motivated me. It's like, you don't, you don't want... You don't want to know what we're doing? You want to, you want to put, like that, that's, that's the same. I've always been that way. Like if you test me, I'll try harder. Like that's just my personality. But what was bad about it is I was actually harboring the bitterness. It wasn't pastor-like. It was flesh-like. And I was, I was learning what to do with that. And so eventually I got rid of it. And I've talked about this. But that stuff happens all the time to people. It's, it's bitterness, it's jealousy, we talked about last week. It's all these ill will feelings that are not what Hebrews is saying. We're giving it, we're taking it, we're passing it around, and none of it is what Hebrews is saying here. So I want to encourage you with that, that you have to address it for your own sanity first, but you're impacting others by it. Sometimes that stress you carried into church Sometimes it comes out in your message and it helps somebody, and sometimes it comes out in your message and it hurts somebody because you're carrying something that you shouldn't be carrying, and that's really avoiding the issue. 
the real question is, what's at the root of the bitterness? I love James, Jesus' half-brother. Not James, the sons of thunder. Not, not Vincent and James and John, Vincent in the mountain. You know, you and Nate in the mountain. That's my joke. We always talk about the transfiguration. Uh, this is James, Jesus' half-brother. Anybody know the other James? Anybody met, met James? Mary's other son? Lisa knows him? Does anybody else know the other James? Come on, somebody. Read James. It is one of the most powerful books of the New Testament because it talks about the mouth and how powerful the mouth is. And it's only six chapters, and that's, that's, a, that's a book I can read. There's pictures in it? No, there's no picture. That's my picture Bible. I gave that up before one seed. Come on, y'all. Y'all, y'all having fun today? Everybody's so serious. Come on. Come on. Come on. Just stretch it out. Stretch it out. I'm happy. James says you can't speak of bitterness and love at the same time. He says a spring can't have both at the same time. Which spring are you? Well, it depends on the day of the week. No. That means you're trying to have a spring. He's talking about all the time. It's one or the other. And James is just a great book to read in general because when you get around what the mouth can do, that is the root of where bitterness spews. And it gets ugly. But he says you can't have both salty water and sweet from your spring. And I'll never forget that. Because that tells me anytime I'm mad and justifying to talk this way to that person in the car, I would never do that. But if I did, I cannot say that Christ is okay with that. I can never justify it. Christ got angry and turned over a table, but he calmed himself. And he was justified. And he didn't continue to act out. He controlled it for a minute because he was flesh like us. And if, we, if he couldn't relate to how we feel in those moments, we couldn't call him uh, a savior who, who could reconcile because he couldn't relate to me. He'd only be this divine thing. But because he was flesh, I know that he felt it, but he handled it differently. That's good. You should write that down. You can tell yourself this week, Jesus felt that too, but he handled it differently. He didn't curse him out. Read James. All you cursing Christians, I love y'all, but read James. You're lying to yourselves because you can't speak bitter and salty at the same time. I'm preaching to myself. I was a sailor of the ship back in the day. I could say every combination curse you could think of, but that's not the Bible. So now I got to preach the truth to you that you can't be salty and and sour and and sweet and, and affect the fruit of God to come from the garden. It'll help you and it'll help those around you especially in the culture we live in today, that's totally normal. It's totally numb and normal. We can't love and be bitter simultaneously to you. Well, what they did to me, fill in the blank here. What life dealt me, brackets, I wrote, fill in the blank. That means we will find a way to fill in the blank. It's not fair, bracket, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Well, you don't know what my blank looks like, so when you're my age, I've heard that one, when you're my age, you'll understand. Maybe I will, and maybe I can't relate because I I haven't had that happen, but I know what God's word says. So we are to keep seeking that path. It doesn't mean you're gonna make it perfect, but you have to seek it as an objective of your Christian walk is to get that bitterness out. Otherwise, you can become the one you hate. 
we can imitate what we ingested. We start expressing grandparents. I see myself in my grandparents who cut our family off. I see my behavior is like my grandpa who quit speaking to us when I was 17. I never saw him again. I didn't really hate him, but I was mad for the other 20-something years before he died. And then I started seeing my own behaviors be kind of mean like him. I've seen it in my uncle, and I don't like that. And, and what I'm saying is uh, you're absorbing stuff, and you don't even know it. And I, I meant to tell you this story because I've, I've shared it before, and it's, it's a really personal one, but I want you to really understand what bitterness will do. It'll cause you to quit speaking to your own flesh and blood. It'll be over the dumbest things. I don't know if anybody remembers, over brownies. It could be over brownies you quit speaking to your own flesh and blood. Now, as a kid, I thought, that's not fair. They're just a jerk. They're mean. But as a man who learned to love Jesus bigger than what they didn't know about Christ in the, in the situation at the time, I learned to see them as infants who knew nothing about the love of God. You see the difference? So I went from being uh, retaliative in my, my thinking of them, that if their name was mentioned, I was, I was always like, like them, and, and I started being sad for them and missing them and thinking if I had one more chance, would he listen? And probably he wouldn't have because he was pretty staunch on what he thought. But I know for the sake of my heart, I could have loved him better. So I want to I explain to you that bitterness can do that. The person you hate it in, you see it in, can start showing up in you because it affected your garden. That's why we have to be conscious of what we're... He says he can defile many. That's what that means. So then I started thinking about my children, and I'm thinking, I'm a pretty good dad. I'm a nice guy. And then I started thinking, like, what are they picking up that I'm not aware of, Amanda? What are they learning right now that's going to wreck them later because I didn't see what I was giving them? So, so, and that's a hard question to ask yourselves. But I'll tell you what, the Bible says there's no greater love than to lay down your life for another. That's what a friend is. And I know that I would give my life for my children so that I'm trying to be, become more conscious of a dad and a husband. I have to be fair to, to those we love in our family and, and the same with your families to say, am I hurting them. Y'all getting this? Because that bitterness you hate can start coming out of your spring. Do we want to stay bitter or get better? What do we do? How do I fix this? They're so, they were so nasty, Vincent, when we launched the church. It's like they wanted it to fail. It's like the Christian's desire was for it to fail. Like that's really, like I've had a conversation with people. I'm like, did you want it to fail? What's wrong with you? This is for God. Like that's the bitterness I'm talking about. Like that's, that's in your sleep at night. That's in your 3 a.m. wake up, social post, to stay, to stay sane because you're trying to deal with the bitterness. So I learned something, and I pray this blesses you is the only way to get rid of the bitter 
is to forgive them. To forgive them. God knows their heart. I'm not their judge. I'm forgiving them for me first. Do they deserve it? No. Did I deserve it when Jesus died on the cross? Heck no. I have to forgive them or I am a phony Christian. I have to do it. And what's so cool is God uses forgiveness as a way to fix it. It's the only way to fix it. You can't fix it. Quit telling yourself you're going to fix it another 10 years go by. It's still broke. you got to forgive them and let God love them the same in your heart. You can clap for that. It's a real, it's a real situation people face. I want to give you a little bit of Ephesians. And uh, we read Ephesians 4, um, the five-fold ministry, Friday. And, Nate, I'm always off by one. So, like I said, Thursday. And it was Friday. I'm always off by one. There's something wrong with my math. Ephesians 4 is so good. I encourage you to read it today when you go home. But verses uh, 29 through 32, back to what James says. Hmm. Now Paul's saying the same things James said. Maybe there's a pattern here. Did you know the Bible says um, um, uh, that, 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 that Scripture speaks collectively? That I don't define my relationship with Jesus by a verse. I define it by the entire context of the picture. And when I see a reoccurring theme about my mouth and about how God controls my life and on and on and on, I'm going to listen bigger because now I'm seeing it in multiple places. I just want to preach for a second. That's what we're seeing here. Just what James said. Now Paul's saying the same thing. He says, do not, in verse 29, do let, let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only Everybody say only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Let me pause right there. If I thought about my grandpa and I read that verse, I would say something don't match. It says, it says even him. It says even them. You think of that person that hurt you and you can say even them. It says I'm only going to say what is helpful for building them up according to their needs that it may benefit them. That's how much Jesus loves you. That's how much we are to love them. That's a lot of love. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. Everybody say all of it. All of it. All of it. I'm getting rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving. Come on, somebody. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ forgave you. Come on. You can praise for that. When you think you're justified, you can't justify it because Christ forgave you. Otherwise, it says, it says your, your, your walk is in vain, the Bible says. That's another passage. Sorry, I didn't mean to preach on y'all. I'm just getting used to my headset. <laughs> y'all can stand. Love is greater than bitterness. God's love is greater than bitterness. This is called heaven's heartbeat. Boom, 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 boom. Because there is only one thing in God's heart, and it's not bitterness. It's love. And it's a love bigger than our fleshly love. We were, we, we were to assume the attributes of Christ for we were made in his image, but we still have to learn how to be like him because his love is bigger than the love we come out with. We don't know how to love like that. We have to love through the spirit union of sanctification. 
getting a little theo- theological on y'all. It's good. Maybe y'all need that sometimes. I need that sometimes. Only forgiveness can fix it. I know they hurt you today. I know someone hurt you, and you've been thinking about it for 20 years, but only forgiveness can fix it. My grandpa used to talk like Donald Duck. And so when I think about him, I think about him talking like Donald Duck. And what was the other thing he would do? They would uh, hide these, uh, not peanut, what are those Chico sticks? They're like peanut butter, old school orange sticks. They're peanut butter. They'd have those and they'd freeze Snickers, Snicker bars. And he could barbecue some chicken, let me tell you. So when I, here's what's cool. When you get past the bitterness, you start thinking about all the blessings that were in that thing. And I think about all the good things. And man, would I hug him one more time if I could. I said, I love you anyway, Grandpa, because you don't know Jesus like I do. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry you felt that way, but I love you anyway. So I encourage you to do that with someone that hurts you. I want bitterness. I won't let bitterness defile my children's future and become their dysfunction. So they got to listen to the preacher say the same thing in their generation. Maybe they won't deal with it like this generation because they'll get better and not stay bitter. We're going to close with this real quick. Uh, I might try to be really transparent with you guys to show I'm a human being and I don't have a halo and uh, how I deal with it. You can forgive But Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. So what does that mean on a really practical level? That means you have to find something that brings peace into the situation, like joy unspeakable. We talk about the word of God, but how do we incorporate God's peace into our our daily life? Well, right now we're in this really cool season with our brand new baby. And I'll tell you something I do every night that just is the only moment I feel feel totally uh, free of that. And, And that's Camilla. And she's two months old, and I'd say, who is better? And uh, nobody, because she hasn't been to church yet, but she's coming soon. And what we do is, between 9 and 10, I make sure the kids are, like, on their way to bed. Because it's not the same. I love y'all. But it's not the same when they're like, woohoo, let's jump around and be crazy. Like, it's just me and Camilla and Michelle. And I just, she, she, she lays on my chest. And um, I, don't, I don't really do anything except listen to her breathe. And, and it's cool because I know her body language so well. And, and in those moments, this is like the most relaxing doze half sleep I ever have. Like I don't full, go fully asleep. I just start like dozing. And it's like this most peaceful, pure moment of my day. And I love it. And what's really cool is when she's really about to go, the little arm, she's like. The little arm starts flopping. I know when the arm's flopping, the little baby's sleeping. And then I can't last much, last, last, last much longer at that point. I say, here you go, Michelle. Now I got to go to sleep too. See you tomorrow. But we do that every night. And I'm giving you that example that she feeds her and she has a routine. And she doesn't like me keeping her too late because then she's not sleeping good. So, so I give her to Michelle. Um, and Michelle has a routine like after 10 or, or the baby um, gets really grouchy. And so the baby goes to sleep. Michelle, they have their sleep routine. And... Um, I replace everything that hurt me that day with peace. That's how you do it. You preach it, but you find something to, to do it. It don't have to be a baby. It could be anything. You could just preach, preach blessing to yourself. 
You could, you could preach, preach about that spilled coffee, how long it took for those beans to be harvested. You'd be so happy that you have coffee beans in your house to begin with. Because you know that's a real problem when they're not there at all. So we're going to give thanks right now. We're going to pray for a second. And we're going to release all bitterness because that's not godly. And we don't want it if it's not godly. So God, we pray right now that not only we relinquish jealousy from last week, but this week we relinquish all bitterness. That's a lasting issue in our heart. I'm not going to stay bitter at them. I love them. You love me. And man, it's so good that you love me. And I can't wait to bless them next time I see them. And, and they won't know what to do with themselves because they don't know enough love like that. And God, that's the kind of relationship I want with people. Is that kind of relationship you intended to have with me? A kind of love that, 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 that they don't know like that. And so I want them to go, I want them to go home to their, to their bitter friends and say, man, I don't know love like that. They really love me. That's genuine. I like that. And now they're going to they're gonna extrapolate the bitterness from their heart too. And that's when we're winning for the Lord. We thank you, Lord. We're going to do that this week. We give glory and praise. We, we shout your name on high because there is no other name that can save us, that can make us whole, that can lift us up, that can bring us that joy unspeakable. When the rough season's over, there is no one that can do it but you, Jesus. We thank you now, and if everybody can say, in Jesus' name, amen.